Welcome back to Word of God. We're three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or it itself. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash man. I'm Emma, the latecomer. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. You can follow me on Tumblr at LazarusEmma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. My pronouns are he, him. You can follow me on Twitter at ToppleThrones. And welcome, everyone, to season two. Hey, hold on a second. <laughs> and you can follow the show on Twitter and Tumblr at Word of Godcast. <laughs> now welcome to season two. <laughs> yep. Uh, content warnings for this episode follow. Content warnings for season two, episode one, include guns, racist violence, a car crash, near-death experiences, choking and asphyxiation, demonic possession, Islamophobia, death of a family member, suicidal ideation, bloodletting, and childhood trauma. Content warnings for season two, episode two, include clowns, home invasion, murder, death of parents, ableism towards blind people, ableism towards people with dwarfism, and ableism in general, uh, freak shows, telepathic compulsion, uh, mental asylums, and metaphorical self-harm. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our Ask Box on Tumblr at Word of Godcast, or send us an email at wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Okay, welcome to season two. Sorry, I'm very excited. Also, hmm. Hmm. What? <laughs> okay. So, we're starting with... We're starting with season two, episode one, of course, in my time of dying. And before I do the synopsis, we need to talk about the fact that the cult was made by Samuel Colt himself. I can't <laughs> handle this fact. This was not in the episode, right? Like where the cult was introduced. I feel like yeah, I would have remembered like, that. Samuel Colt made a gun for a man like us only on horseback. Like I think that's the actual line. Really? Yeah. Did I? I because sure. it's a cult I'll check the revolver. Right, but the cult. The, Let me bring up the transcript. The revolvers are made. The cult revolvers were made in factories. Samuel Colt did not hand make his revolvers. Maybe he should have then, motherfucker. Let's just see. the implication that <laughs> yeah, Samuel Colt, the, the famous shithead industrialist. Wyatt. When you said yeah. his comet was overhead, etc., that whole line, it says they say Samuel Colt made a gun. A special gun. Jesus Christ. So that was in 120 Dead I, That just went in one ear and out the other then. I, yeah. I can't handle this. Samuel Colt was a player. I guess. <laughs> Samuel Colt knew the secrets to make- I can't wait to learn more about this gun. I feel like the fact that this was made by Samuel Colt is going to become even more ridiculous in hindsight the more we know about this gun. I mean, that's fair. Also, fuck Samuel Colt, so I think my uh, intuition about the gun being evil is right. <laughs> Did Samuel Colt do something problematic? Uh, I mean, y yes, he was, a, he was an industrialist in the 1800s. Oh. He was like, my guns have killed the most Native Americans and Mexicans around. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, fuck Samuel Colt. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I can't believe I missed that. Uh, last episode, I claimed that the Shin on a Mezuzah stands for the Shema, but it is not. It is actually one of the names of God, which I'm not going to say. And thank you to WordKnitKnitter on Twitter for pointing that out to us. Yeah, thank you. Always appreciate a correction. Okay, now, now we can begin episode one. 
So we open right where we left off. The demon possessing the trucker who smashed into them goes out to open the door, and Sam's there awake pointing the gun at him. Uh, The demon's like, you won't shoot. Sam's like, try me. Uh, And then the demon just leaves. It was weird. It didn't seem like the demon thought he was going to shoot, but he left anyway. Maybe he ran out of time. I don't know how possessing works. It's fine. Uh, Anyway, Sam and the poor truck driver are very distressed. Uh, And then we cut to daylight where a helicopter is airlifting them out. They must have been there a really long time if the helicopter didn't get there until daylight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what time the truck hit them at. Maybe it was like four in the morning. Well, it was like it looked like it was in the middle of the night, it and did. then when it cut it to did. daylight, it looked it, it like, looked like midday. midday. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. It's yeah. Um. Anyway, Dean wakes up in his in a hospital room and walks around looking for Sam and John, but no one can see or hear him. And it turns out he's a ghost. Jinkies. He watches Sam look at his own body. They both learn John's okay. Sam and John talk about Dean. John asks him to go get the Colt from the Impala and also some magic groceries. Uh, (laughs) Sam asks John if he knows about the demon's plans for him. John says no, but Dean does not trust that. He's like, we. The camera like swivels over to Dean, who's like, oh, he's hiding something. Bobby shows up to help them tow the truck. I'm happy to see Bobby again. Not the truck, the Impala. Um, he and Sam check out the Impala, which is absolutely trashed, just total, just fucked up beyond belief. Mm -hmm. Uh, but regardless, it's a metaphor for Dean. And so Sam refuses to let it be scrapped. He's like, no, we can't give up on the car. Uh, look significantly at the camera. (laughs) He doesn't do that, (laughs) but Dean, uh, back at the hospital, Dean rants sadly at John for not doing anything to save him. Um, and then he sees a spooky ghost. He finds it choking the woman, and I think she dies? It's unclear, because she's choking, and then it cuts, and then we never see her again. So I, I, I don't know died. what was up with that. She's just lying on the floor. I, I, it seemed like she was a hospital worker and not, like, yeah, someone... I, I, don't I think know she was, was a nurse that. who had a very yeah. sudden, like, fatal accident. Like, she started choking or something. Yeah, it was really weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, Sam, meanwhile, has learned from Bobby that the magical grocery list is to summon a demon and not repel a demon, which is what John said it was for. Uh, and so he gets very mad at John. Uh, they argue. Dean is there watching him. He gets very distressed and he smashes a glass, which works. Uh, but also the force of the force and effort of doing that stops his heart. Uh, and so the doctor's got to defibrillate him. The spooky ghost is hovering over his body. Dean scares it away, uh, and then his heart starts back up. Dean goes looking for the ghost and then meets another friendly ghost like him named Tessa. Uh, she ain't doing so great either. Uh, they, like, see her body in the hospital bed, uh, and she's like, I was just in for a routine thingy. I forgot what it was. But... Is it an ap- uh, appendectomy? Mm, right. Um, meanwhile, John and Sam make up, uh, and John promises he won't summon the demon until Dean's okay. Uh, he is lying. (laughs) Dean, meanwhile, sees the spooky ghost again and scares it away from another woman, but she dies anyway, which, uh, complicates what he thought it was. Uh, Sam gets a Ouija board to talk to Dean, which seems like a stretch, but it's it's also a very fun scene. Um, they both think it's dumb, but it works. Uh, Sam's reaction to realizing Dean is there breaks my fucking heart. Yeah. He's so, he's like, oh, it's good to see you, man. And it's, it's so sad. Yeah. Jarpad does a good job in that scene. Yeah. Jared can Uh, have a little rights. (laughs) Um, 
So with the Ouija board, Dean tells him about the spooky ghost, which he thinks is a reaper, though it doesn't look anything like the one from season one. At the very least, they address that. Sam goes to find John to get help with the reaper, but John's gone. Uh-oh. Uh, he's in the basement under the hospital, and yeah, completely lied to Sam. He's summoning the demon after all. Sam gets the journal, and he and Dean both read it, and Dean figures out that Tessa is the Reaper! Blah, blah, blah. Uh, she wants him to embrace his death. Uh, she's like, death ain't so bad. Uh, also, she's like wearing all black. Previously, she was wearing like a white shirt, like hospital clothes, and when he finds her, she's like sitting in the dark wearing all black. It's really funny. It, it is really funny. Anyway, downstairs, John finishes the summoning. Yellow Eyes possesses a guy who taunts John and also appears to have some orderlies just under his control. It's very weird, and it happens very quickly, and it didn't make any sense to me, but I don't know. I guess he just acts really fast. Um, anyway, John wants to make a bargain with him. Uh-oh. Upstairs, Dean argues more with Tessa. She really is trying to convince him to die. He feels obliged to stay because Sam needs him. Uh, also, he makes a racist joke here. Uh, we'll talk about that. We also learn about how death works here. There's apparently always a choice. Ghosts are like the default, which is wild to me. Uh, we'll also talk about that later. Um, John's deal with the yellow eyes turns out to be trading the cult and the bullet to bring Dean back, which, ah, I guess. I mean, that's, a, that's some character growth for him, considering how much he's wanted to kill that demon. We get confirmation that John knows what Yellow Eyes is planning, but we don't know what that is. It's just like, I know, I know what you're doing. Uh, Yellow Eyes takes the deal. Uh, he, can't do it him he can't do it himself, but he knows someone who can, which uh, turns out to be the Reaper. Um, however, he needs something else. I wonder what that could be. We cut, then cut to Dean talking to Tessa again. Yellow Eyes possesses her and uses her to heal him. Uh, Dean, waking up, then says he doesn't remember anything, but feels like something's wrong. John shows up. He's glad Dean is okay. Sam doesn't trust him and whatever he did, but doesn't push the issue. Uh, Sam goes to get coffee. Uh, John asks him to do this, and then John and Dean have an emotional conversation, which we are going to talk about. John says something to Dean that we can't hear, starts tearing up, and leaves to go give the gun to Yellow Eyes. Uh, we cut to Sam, coming back with coffee. And he sees John dead on the floor. End of episode. He drops his coffee cup really dramatically. Yeah, he drops his coffee cup. It's very dramatic. It's like in slow-mo, the coffee goes everywhere. It's, it's... I've always... It, <laughs> I, I take a note of this, but I've always had an issue with how that coffee cup falls on the ground. It, like, it lands has, upright. Mm-hmm. It lands right on its, like, right, right side up. And it's always bothered me. Like, really? You guys didn't want to do another take? It's just and they awkward. show that shot yeah. in every recap for the rest of the season. <laughs> it's really, it's so much. Anyway, yeah. What an episode. <sighs> rest so in piss, much. John fucking Winchester. A lot happened yeah! this episode. Yeah, rest in piss. I literally started singing and dancing. It was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I didn't want to, if I didn't mind getting sued by Wicked, I would play the start. <laughs> Um, during the, the recap at the beginning of the episode, I don't remember where exactly it is, but there is, like, a stock scream. It's not the Wilhelm scream, but it's, like, the female version of that. Oh, it's funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's just, it just sounds really funny. Um, also, during the recap, uh, the music stops just as abruptly when they get to the crash. Um, just like it did at the end of the last episode, which was good. Bad Moon Rising is playing in this episode, which it is supposed to be in the previous episode, but it wasn't. 
or Netflix. Yeah, because yeah, we're because they because we're in season two uh, now, still have and so the music rights are. It's so weird. Uh, the demon, the guy who if we're going chronologically, the guy who was possessed by the demon. Um, when he gets unpossessed, yeah, the truck driver. Yeah, his meat suit. Um, he goes, "Oh my god, did I do this?" Which yeah, it's so I sad. Like. The poor guy he didn't really do. That. No, yeah, he's very upset. Yeah, I'm glad he's okay. Most people don't seem to do well after being possessed by a demon, but this guy gets out of it all okay. He wasn't very hard used. Like Meg fell out yeah. of the building and got shot. And whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Like, he was in. Was he was in well, an eighteen wheeler. I, I more mean. I more Impala. <laughs> yeah, I more mean that most of the time when someone's possessed by a demon, the demon makes them do something fatal to them. Yeah. It was just temporary. Well, it could have been. It was just he made it out of the crash. Yeah, yeah, because he was in a huge truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I literally wrote "Go off, Sammy." Uh, less than symbol three in my notes, because I just like when he goes, you know, I'll kill you. I swear to God, it's just he just. Looks it's really, very good. Like, He's badass. very good in that Smiley scene. Note. He's Sam's allowed to be badass sometimes. Not often, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes. He can have a little badass as a treat. Feel like he's been honestly like uh, Sam's growth has been good so far. Like his badassness in that scene was believable, but also like if you compared it to who he was in like episode one, it's very different. Um, mm-hmm. But the journey he's is. He's had there. a rough year. He has had he a rough been fucking year. Some shit. There's like a weird thing um, in I think like the first scene when uh, Dean's figured out that he's dead. Uh, or not dead, but dying, uh, and is a ghost. Uh, he sa- he says, "Can't you get some hoodoo priest to do something?" Which, oh boy, Dean. But but then Sam repeats it, which mm-hmm. yeah, which was very cool. Actually, it was like strange because they never explain it. They never explain it. I don't know if that was supposed to be just like them being similar, but them both no, being racist, was... just as brothers. But uh, or he was picking it up as psychic background radiation. Yeah, right. that's what yeah. I always assume. Like Dean but appeals like, to him as a psychic. He's yeah. like, "Come on, you got to be able to hear me." I figured they that would happen more than once, uh, but it did not. So I don't know. Oh, sorry. Um, before the hospital. Uh, I just wanted to shout out when the demon leaves the truck driver, the smoke hangs in the air for a second and it just looks really good. It does look good. And then also shout out to the new title card. We are in a new season. We yeah. have a new title card. Yeah. Not to get ahead of myself, but season four title card, my beloved. <laughs> mm-hmm. It felt to me like there's a lot of, there's like, this felt like a new season, um, mm-hmm. which I will talk about more next episode because there's some stuff in next episode like. It seems like they're mm-hmm. they're focusing more on continuity already, which is interesting to me. Already cutting down on Monster of the Week, so mm-hmm. far at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, they had to wrap this up. It was basically like season one finale, part three. Yeah. They're like, come on, we gotta kill John Winchester. Let's go. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the clock here. Emma's got a sniper rifle. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's like a really cool shot in the hospital where there, there's like an angled shot on the stairs, and then there's some kind of like smash cut from like I don't know like it was a very cool cut that I did not take very good notes on but it was interesting like when Dean is figuring out that it's him he like walks he he realizes nobody's responding to him snaps his fingers and like cuts to him walking really dramatically which I liked Mm, yeah 
Yeah, that is a good shot. I recall that. Uh, we have two um, hospital staff people of color. There's a black doctor and a black nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me lose my mind that, of course, now Dean wants to live. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, v- big contrast to... Um, Faith, 112. To Faith, yeah. Well, it's because he's got his family back together. Yep. And they can maybe finally kill the demon. Like, yep. he has something to live for in his mind. Yeah. I guess, like, it's jumping around a little, but do we want to talk about that? Like, and specifically the, like, arguments the Reaper has for, like, why he should give up now is... Because there was, like, some... She basically, like, did use soldier metaphors for it, which is very interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, that was... Makes me nuts. That was... Whew. She says, you're, like, not, you're the not the first soldier, soldier. plucked from the fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the battle the battle's over for you. Which, were Reapers... Uh, ever equated to Valkyries when they talked about them previously. That kind of rings a bell, but I don't know if I'm making that up in my head. It might have been, like, when they were listing off, like, the types yeah. of Reapers. They, that might have been what they brought up, but oh. also I don't know for sure. I actually... Would I... Would it... No, I think I brought that up, actually. Oh. I think that was me, because <laughs> I, I just remembered I was like... Because the the Reaper stuff in that episode is bullshit. Of like every culture has a Reaper, uh, and I was talking about psychopomps. Uh, it was like Valkyries are an example of that, but they're not Reaper. Those are not they're not the same thing as far as what they represent. Mm-hmm. Um, so never mind that <laughs> we brought it up. The show didn't bring it up, but there is like a Valkyrie angle here to mm-hmm. sort of what she's doing of like take like carrying a fallen warrior onto the afterlife etc yeah, she says mm-hmm. it's an honorable death a warrior's death and dean yeah makes a gross joke and yep. she says that's funny you're very cute and he says there's no such thing as an honorable death yeah yeah to to be clear like to bring it up and address it uh, there's more fucking post 9-11 shit here mm-hmm. uh, dean dean says i think i'll pass on the 72 virgins thing yeah. dean dean buddy Oh, on that note, this episode was written by Eric Kripke because it is the season premiere. Mm-hmm. Kelsey Preeze. <laughs> I love all of the scenes. Fuck John Winchester, but uh, he has very good scenes in this episode. Yeah. Um, all the other characters interacting with him. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Morgan continues to be a good actor. Um, I love how pissed off Sam is in this episode. When he goes, your son is dying and you're worried about the cult. Yeah, um, get his ass, tell him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really nice to see the boys, like, finally being like, actually, you know what? This is bullshit. <laughs> you yeah. need to get your priorities straight, man. And it's really good that this only happens in the episode where John dies, because they never get to resolve this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. They've brought it to the surface, and then instead of being able to you know, work something out and get any kind of closure, discuss anything with their dad, like, approach him as adults, see if they can, you know, maybe not repair, but at least change the relationship, anything, no. They've, like, they've brought it to the surface and then it cuts off, and it's incredibly frustrating for them and unsatisfying Mm -hmm. in, like, a really good way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about this more next episode, too, because that's part of the thing I said about continuity there, like... The shit getting aired and then immediately, like, not being able to be resolved is, mm-hmm. I feel like, going to haunt our boys for a while. <laughs> um, 
Also, when Sam asks if he knows anything about what Yellow Eyes plans is, uh, and John lies, when Dean goes, well, you sure know something. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. like, the anger and the distrust yeah. is yes. so good. Oh, Like, he is, he is still, like, he has some kind of, like, really deep-seated resentment towards John right now that's just bubbling up. Yeah, and since John yeah. can't see him, he doesn't have to mask it. Yeah. And John, like, yeah, it's really, Dean getting upset with John is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The next yeah. scene when he does it, when he gets upset with John as well is, it's a lot. Sorry, that was really, I can't whistle, but that was really bad radio. Um. Um, the, the line he specifically says uh, is, I've done everything you've ever asked of me, everything. I've given you everything I've ever had, and you're just going to sit there and you're going to watch me die? I mean, what the hell kind of father are you? Yeah. It's Which really is so good. good. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, aren't you going to do anything? You haven't even tried, which... Like, well, and then he, then he does do something. Confront, confronted by like how little his dad appears to care about him and how little he gets back in return. And then what does John do? He he dies for him. So how is he supposed to respond to that? And that's we will continue to see through the season. It yeah, it begins it's this so cycle that the Winchesters have in a way of like I'm not going to talk too much about this because it's lots of spoilers. But like, there's always been the joke in the fandom that. Dean and Sam are addicted to dying for each other, and Cass, mm. too. Um, and I think that really starts with John sacrificing himself for Dean in this episode, and that creating this, like, never-ending cycle of guilt, where it's like, Dean feels like he's on borrowed time, he feels like his life has been traded for his father's life, which leads him to make other decisions, which leads Sam to make decisions, which leads Dean to make decisions, which means Cass to make decisions. Like, it just starts this, like, snowball effect of, like, the only way I can redeem myself is by dying for my family. Um, so, in conclusion, fuck John Winchester. <laughs> yeah. Um, rest in peace to Sam's laptop. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all smashed up in the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like uh, we already talked about the scene where Sam is like very clearly comparing the card to, to Dean again but mm-hmm. um, I like how he says Dean's gonna be pissed when he gets better like he refuses to say if he's insisting that Dean is going to get better and then he will be mad yeah. mm-hmm. Sam your coping skills are diabolical <laughs> Sam and John have a fight which is good uh, once Sam finds out that um, he knows it's for summoning a demon he calls this plan a stupid macho showdown because mm-hmm. Sam took gender studies in high in college <laughs> <laughs> and says you care more about killing this demon than you do saving your own son and asks how is your revenge going to help him great dramatic irony there mm-hmm. yeah but John also blames Sam for it and says yeah. if you killed that damn thing when you had the chance none yeah. of this would have happened which you don't know that. That demon might have been acting independently when it ran you off the road. But also, what a shitty thing to say, <laughs> even if it is true. Yeah. Also, when he says, I thought this was your obsession, too. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I know that they've it's related like to each other. Yeah. It's just it, the, the feeling of betrayal that John has because Sam isn't going to shut up and let him do his thing because Sam is concerned about Dean. And then John being like, how dare you be more concerned about Dean than this, like, relation that we have to each other because we both went through the same trauma. It's like, 
It's so fucked up and manipulative. And then yeah. Dean trying to stop them, as Wyatt said, punches the glass mm-hmm. off, and he says he full-on swayze that mother. He's so cute. Very Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Though. I know this did it first. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a that's a reference to the movie ghost by the way is that the one with the the, with the pottery the pottery yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the two things i know about that movie <laughs> <laughs> uh up until dean figures out that he can move things and communicate with enough energy uh there's a lot of like dean and helplessness is such a motif yeah, and it just shines through in this episode. Like yeah. Dean cannot stand feeling helpless. He can't stand not being able to talk or see or intervene. Yeah, and we'll see that again next episode. Yeah, yeah. Dean is very much he copes very much by trying to control a situation, and um, when he can't do that, he he flips his shit, and it's it's very sad to watch. Yep, I do like his little ghost flicker. Like, while he's yeah, crumbling I, because his heart is being good, restarted, yeah. he, he flickers like a ghost, which is such a good effect. And it's so really nice good. to see our main character go through. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, Sarah. it was uh-huh. cool. Yes. Uh, very briefly, before this all happened, like, earlier on when uh, Dean is talking to Tessa and, like, trying to convince her that this isn't a dream, uh, he brings up bilocation, crisis apparitions, and fetches. We're gonna have a little brief micro-folklore cor- for- folklore corner. Um... Bilocation is a idea about being in two places at once. It's common in a lot of folklore all over the world. It's just like a general term for that. There are more specific terms in various like uh, myths and uh, different cultures, folklore and stuff. But that's the general term. Uh, crisis apparitions are a piece of supernatural folklore where someone uh, sees a vision of someone very close to them right before or at the time of something terrible happening to them, which is not... I don't know if that's the same thing as, like, being in two places at once and what's happening with Dean, but oh well. Uh, It is an interesting thing to bring up. And uh, finally, fetches, which I've spoken about before. They're an Irish myth about a doppelganger, which is an omen of impending death. Again, not really anything to do with being a ghost, but shrug. Yeah. (laughs) By location is is the most relevant thing he brings up. It felt kind of like he was just trying to, like, be a smarty pants and impress Tessa. Yeah, although he's suggesting that these are all similar to, um, or like categories of out of body experiences because he is yeah. outside of his body. Like he's yes. not mm-hmm. technically a ghost because he isn't dead, but he is yeah, outside he's a pre, of his body. He's a pre-ghost. Here's some other examples of being doubled. Yeah, yeah, but but what I mean is is that um, fetches and crisis apparitions are not out of body experiences, right? Because the person, the person that the crisis is happening to, it's a vision that another person has, and a fetch is like a like a some kind of entity that is an omen of your death. That's fair. Um, I just like Dean getting to be smart. I didn't do any research, so I was like, "Yeah, go off, King." <laughs> well, that's um, why I did the research is because it's funny because like two of those things don't really fit what he's trying to say. He's just trying to convince her that he isn't some new age hippie. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we get. Uh, a lot of the PA stuff in the episode doesn't actually show up except for in the subtitles, unless I guess you're listening real fucking close. Mm, yeah, um, I didn't know but there's, PA stuff. there's uh, several pages for a Dr. Kripke. Oh, uh, that's which is funny. obviously a reference to Eric Kripke. Uh, there's another doctor referenced at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't catch their name. It's in the subtitles. I don't even know if it's in this transcript. 
So it was probably in the original script. It might mm. not be in the transcript. Um, but I can probably find out and see if that's anybody who's in the cast or crew. Um, but Dr. Kripke, obviously, you know. Um, yeah. I like how Dean has this moment where he realizes that uh, if he can grab the thing, he can potentially kill it. Uh, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily true, but is at least a good starting point. He's very yeah. determined mm-hmm. and very cute. And then he says, don't worry, Sammy. It's like, you're the one dying. <sighs> Literally. Yep. Uh, he's my little meow meow. Um, I love the scene with the Ouija board. We already kind of talked about this. It's so it's good. So They're sitting there cross-legged. It's Dean great. says it feels it's like great. he's at a slumber party. <laughs> I adore them. It's really cute. Yeah. It's very sweet, it's very touching, and it's very adorable. It's just a really well well put scene. Also, the lighting in this episode is uh I can't decide if it's great or like terrible, because the lighting is so depressing. Which, it, like, yeah, works. I liked it. It's really washed out. It felt like a hospital. It felt very true to hospitals. Yeah, and yeah. like and hospitals are naturally really bright. Like there's lots of windows, the fluorescent lights, but this hospital is kind of like dark. Mm. So like it feels very much like there is a shadow looming over everybody whether yeah. that's yellow eyes whether that's the reaper whether that's you know John and Sam's relationship or whatever like that it was it was really good yeah, it feels like I a compromise between like it. realistic hospital lighting and supernatural aesthetic so, yeah mm-hmm. John like beginning that. the long oh sorry yeah i was going to talk about the same section where John is very careful with his phrasing. He doesn't say, I promise not to summon the demon. He says, I promise not to hunt this demon, not until we know Dean's okay. Which is technically exactly what he, you know, he didn't break that. He's not hunting the demon. He's calling it to him so he can make a deal so that Dean will be okay, so that Sam can hunt the demon. Yeah. Hatred. Um, when, uh, when Dean is talking to, uh, Tessa after he figures out, uh, she's a reaper, um... She, like, tells him that the whole, like, her quote-unquote real self was, like, just an illusion she made for Dean to see. Um, and he's he says, what, is this, like, a turn-on for you, toying with me? And she says, you didn't give me much choice. You saw my true form and you flipped out. Kind of hurts a girl's feelings. This was the only way I could get you to talk to me. Which is, it's very funny. It's like, she's trying to flirt him into accepting to die. <laughs> yeah. She knows like, her uh, also, Yeah, exactly. Like, they shout out to, like freaky true forms i like that stuff mm-hmm. yeah very good things. oh yeah yeah oh, we know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> at the start of the dean and tessa scene uh when dean comes in and he's saying like uh you know you read the most interesting things for example did you know and then he makes a little like face in the middle of his sentence it's so cute i don't know how to describe <laughs> it he makes like a huh like did you know <laughs> that reapers can all <laughs> it's so good He's adorable, and I love him. Yeah. Um, Sam says, Dad will know what to do, and John is literally gone. Yep. <laughs> Classic uh, John Winchester Season move. one all over again. <sighs> yeah. Okay, can we talk about the summoning scene now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, hell yeah. Uh, John beginning the long tradition of cutting himself on the palm for no fucking reason. Oh, <laughs> This is a running joke in the fandom. Uh, you should not, if you ever have a need to uh, summon a demon or perform a similar ritual, don't cut yourself on the palm of your hand. There's a lot of nerve endings there. Cut yourself on the arm or something. Like, yeah. Uh, so the Winchesters do this literally constantly. Um, 
lot of bloodletting that yeah so i just wanted to point that out and make jokes about it um the eye change when oh sorry name drop uh <laughs> try that sentence again <laughs> cut <laughs> the eye change when yellow eyes uh reveals himself is so good um and i love how distinct he is no matter what body he's in like it seems like he has a character and then like no matter what actor is playing him there's like a through line like his accent he's just yeah. got a little bit of a southern thing going on and he's just a condescending bitch and it's like it just feels really cool to me that no matter if it's jeffrey dean morgan or the other guy or this guy <laughs> who plays him for a longer point of time yeah this is this is uh frederick uh lane i think is how you pronounce his last name uh, who will, this is like, this seems to be, uh, the yellow-eyed demon's main body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He sticks around. He's got plans. I think this is the first character we have who shows up in different actors, right? Yeah. Well, like we uh, have, I mean, the shapeshifter, the shapeshifter oh, in true. skin, but. Okay. I mean, like, in terms of taking vessels, but you're right. Yeah. The yes. shapeshifter is also different characters. Different actors, same character. Yeah. Um, but we do have, like, this more major player if we have this the the yellow eyed demon is a more major player who is played by multiple actors and we mm -hmm. continue to see more of that which is mm -hmm. fun <laughs> yes um when john pulls the gun he says how stupid do you think i am and of course yellow eye says you want an honest answer he's such an asshole i love him yeah um also here's a question i have for the universe when John initially got the gun, seeing as he apparently knows how to summon demons, why didn't he just do it then rather than waiting for Yellow Eyes to go and try and kill another person? Why didn't he just summon him, put him in a devil's trap, and shoot him? Wouldn't that have been easier? John mm. Winchester? Hello? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it seemed- the implication seems to me that, like, summoning rituals don't work on him. He just showed up because he thought it was funny that John was doing it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious given things. Okay. That's the that's the that's what I assumed considering like he didn't show up in the circle and was had like already possessed someone and had these orderlies and like just came down. That's probably um, fair. Yeah. But uh it's just one of those things, the same thing with the holy water where I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says that it was suicidally reckless to conjure him, and it says, did you really think you could trap me? So, like, potentially, mm. the plan, as suggested, could have worked, but he's scoffing at it, so maybe not. He might also be bluffing, though. Right. That's why I said maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, this jaunty little dance move he does when John says, I can always shoot you and he goes, you could always he's... miss and like dodges an imaginary bullet it's so good Yeah, he's so great Frederick Lane does a great fucking job in this scene we he's know where Meg gets chewing the scenery so from. much mm -hmm. he's enjoying being such a camp villain, it's yeah. great which good, obviously if you are a demon you have to be dramatic yeah, given what we later learn about deals with demons. I'm wondering how exactly the rest of this scene turned out. Mm. <laughs> I will not, give, not to think about that. I will that. not I'll give put a pin in more that, information. I, I was trying really hard not to think about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, speaking of that, this is where devil deals are introduced. We'll see yeah. a lot of these. Stay tuned. 
Cool. So after this scene, uh, when Sam is like by Dean's uh, hospital bed, uh, he <laughs> says, you can't leave me alone with dad. We'll kill each other again. And also you got to hold on. We were just starting to be brothers again. Yeah. Which, uh, and Dean's uh, not uh, even in the room when he's saying this. Yeah. He's just saying, yeah. Uh, it's so sad. Um, we already kind of covered Tessa comparing Dean to a yeah. soldier and the no such thing as an honorable death. Oh, before we move past that scene, though, real quick, uh, Dean's like, you gotta make an exception, and she just goes, like, really calmly. She goes, stage three bargaining, which, like, gave yeah. me chills. That's good. <laughs> it is good. Also, I think she says, like, you have to move on, and Dean says to what, and she goes, sorry, can't give away the big punchline, which is uh-huh. just so funny. <laughs> like, it's just such a dick move. But also, it makes me insane. Um, Dean thinking that he's the only thing that keeps his family alive, like, oh, they need me, is so much. Uh, and the little lip, lip wobble, the Jack Dean Joyce's. Yeah, I have the same note about this yeah. lip wobble. I... They were really like, okay, Mr. Ackles, we're going to put this camera in your face, do your thing, and then he did. <laughs> okay, can we talk about... The ghost line. Yeah. They can't let go and they can't move on. You're about to become the thing you hunt. Um, so we learned that vengeful spirits or angry spirits are born of people who did yep. not want to move on and who are slowly, not just people who died a traumatic death um, or have unfinished business, but anyone who didn't go with the Reaper sent to collect their soul, yeah. um, who is, who are driven slowly insane over the years. Um, and there's always and a choice, violent. which is yeah. interesting to me. Considering what we saw the Reaper doing in this episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is like, if you're dying of natural causes, there's... Because, well, and here's the thing. This is not... the the This idea of a choice is not really consistent. I think yeah. it's brought up again, but it's not consistent when we I deal wonder, with other Reapers. I wonder if she was lying to him. But then... Maybe. Th- then she wouldn't need to convince him. She could just take him. It's very... It, yeah. Yeah. This gets played with again in season six, but I, first of all, don't mm. want to spoil things, and second of all, don't know how well it answers any of these questions. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't think it's consistent, but I think it does get brought up again. Maybe what it is, what what would square this for me is some, some more, like, Wyatt trying to square Supernatural's lore, headcanon shit. Maybe it it's a choice if your, like, spirit is already stubborn enough that it wants to hold on. Yeah. Like most people like don't like just like subconsciously agree. It's like, yeah, okay, time to die, I guess. But mm-hmm. like for people who are already who like have the unfinished business in a yeah. classic ghost way, reapers can't just take them if they're resisting. Mm-hmm. And so if they're resisting, there is a choice. So ghosts are not necessarily the natural state, but they are the default state if your like soul is stubborn enough to want to stay behind. Mm-hmm. Sure. there's the slightest effect on yellow eyes voice it's just like a little bit Mm. auto-tuned i think i would like it's just it's just got like a weird reverb to it um maybe we can find a get an an audio clip during editing and and put it in there but like i noticed that his voice an extra work for me i can do it then you baby (laughs) (laughs) no i'll do it it's it's not that much work You conjuring me, John, I'm surprised. I took you for a lot of things, but suicidally reckless wasn't one of them. I can always shoot you. You can always miss.
But yeah, I think it's cool. Um, the demon, whose name I almost said, um, says calls him a sentimentalist and says, if only your boys knew how much their daddy loved them. <sighs> Which is... Makes me bang my head against the wall, honestly. There's, like, so much there. Mm-hmm. Like, does... Yeah. Is he... Is he agreeing that John loves them? Is he being sarcastic? Like, is he just poking at John for the fun of it? What What is his game here? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that John apologizing and being emotionally mature is what clues them into something being wrong. In yeah. the same way so as like, in the Dad, last episode. Right? Mm. Yeah. And the fact that John only tells Dean he's proud of him when he's one, possessed, and two, about to die, is just... And then Dean immediately asks, is that really you talking? Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucking much. Um, it, it is. Yeah. It truly is. Dean says, why are you saying this? Which, not to talk about season 15, but... Oh my god. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <sighs> I'm very sad. Anyway, um, there's a line, speaking of Cass, there's a line where, um, after Dean is miraculously healed, the doctor says, you have some kind of angel watching over you. Yeah. In season yeah, two! In the in the moment, it's obviously meant to be ironic because yes. the exactly. demon is the one. It's actually yes. a demon. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, we're like, yeah, yeah he sure fucking does, huh? In a post season yeah. three world. Mm-hmm. Also, John says dude again in the scene. Just to- he does. I have that written down too. Anyway, <laughs> I just need to explain real quick. Um, Angels. I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but angels were not supposed to be in the show, so this is really supposed to be a one-liner, and the fact that it is uh, more than that in context is unintended, which is crazy. Huh. That's so funny. Um, that is. When, when John is talking to Dean, and he talks about like when Dean was a kid yep. and would like uh-huh. comfort him after a hunt. <gasps> yeah. And then John says, Don't be scared. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna read this whole line because it's Yeah, worth please it. do. John yeah. says, you know, when you were a kid, I'd come home from a I'd come home from a hunt after what I'd seen, I'd be I'd be wrecked. And you you'd come up to me and you you'd put your hand on my shoulder and you'd look me in the eye and you'd say you'd say, It's okay, Dad. Dean, I'm sorry. Dean says, What? John says, you shouldn't have said that to me. I should have been saying it to you. You know, I put, I put too much on your shoulders. I made you grow up too fast. You took care of Sammy. You took care of me. You did that. You didn't complain not once. I just want you to know that I am so proud of you. Ugh. And then, of course, immediately afterwards, as Dean says, why are you saying this stuff? John says, I want you to watch out for Sammy, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, mm, changed your behavior. John Winchester's a great character. Yeah. Hate. Contempt. But yes. And Dean responds, yeah, Dad, you know I will, you're scaring me. And that's when John says, don't be scared, whispers something that Dean reacts to in, like, stunned silence. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I just, I, I keep being like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's a great actor, but truly, like, he plays, like, man- knowing he's about to die, like, trying to air out his regrets so mm-hmm. well in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, really the, like he, he starts crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very... This whole episode has a lot of really touching Winchester family scenes. Yeah. This um, is, like, a really good goodbye to a shitty person and really good character. Yeah. Um, also, 
I don't... <laughs> not to make light of the, the situation, because obviously <laughs> it's a very sad scene, but uh-huh. uh, I love the conversation that must have occurred between John and Yellow Eyes, because, like, he's, like, dead on the floor in the hospital room, and, like, it just looks kind of like he dropped dead. So it's like, yeah, you gotta make it look natural. You gotta make it look like an accident or something. Like, I just, I want to know how he ended up there and not, like, dismembered in the basement. That's true. I mean, (laughs) I guess, like, the demon probably just, like, stopped its heart or something. I don't know. Probably. Um, And speaking of which, the the episode ends with a doctor going, I'll call it time of death, 1041 a.m., and then cut to credits with no music, and it's very good. The cut is so, so good. Also, props to Jarpad, once again, for doing a really good job here. I really like this bit because it's entirely silent except for the music, but you can very clearly see Sam, like, screaming. You can read him saying help on his lips. Like, it's it's yeah. good. It's good. Oh, and also, I'm sorry, it cuts to the credits and then the voiceover says time of death. Yes. So, like, that's happening yeah. instead of the music. It's really, really good. Supernatural can be good sometimes. Yeah. Who knew? Legasp. Okay, do we have anything else? Because we're over time. No, I'm good to move Well, hopefully to we won't spend too. as much time on Everybody Loves yeah. a Clown. Yeah, there's less in this to unpack. Okay. Yes. Um, very brief actor facts before we take a break. Uh, I, mentioned Fre- I mentioned Frederick Lane, who's been in like a billion things. Uh, Wikipedia says he's been over in over more than 200 films. Holy uh, shit. So this guy's a fucking, shit. and also, like, is a stage actor. This guy, this guy's a working man's actor. Like, I don't Fuck think yes. he's had much major parts, but he's in so many things uh, since it. the late 70s. And is still, is still doing stuff. Still doing stuff in 2021. He's in a movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, coming out this year. Yeah, anyway, shout out to that guy. Does a great job as uh, Yellow Eyes. Uh, and also, I didn't talk about Jim Beaver last time because we were Jim trying Beaver! to push through. Uh, Jim Beaver's a cool guy. Um, mm-hmm. he's He also has done a bunch of stuff. Um, he is most well-known, other than being Bobby, for playing uh, Whitney Ellsworth in Deadwood, uh, which like he's won award, awards for and stuff. Uh, he's written some books. He's like mm-hmm. done a bunch of film history stuff, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a bunch of plays. He's written like over a dozen plays uh, and a bunch of magazine articles and various actors. Yeah. Uh, he's written three books um, about he's written like one for a history of movie blockbusters and a book about uh, John Garfield. And also has been in like loads of things as well. He's in fucking Young Sheldon. <laughs> Just noticed. What? Please God. Um, also, also right. He plays a character called Bob Singer in The Boys, which is really yeah, funny. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He seems like a very cool person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has an interesting life. He has romantic idiot in his Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. His his Twitter avatar is a Muppet version of himself. Oh, that's so good. Or a Muppet version of Bobby. One of the two. It's that's really so great. Good. Anyway, yeah, I stand, I stand, Jim Beaver. Uh, and finally, uh, Tessa is played by uh, Lindsay McKeon, who at the time, I guess this would have been like a fun, uh, like cameo role for daytime TV watchers because she has she is a major character in the soap opera Guiding Light, uh, and is also in One Tree Hill, which um, both like stopped airing uh, right around when Supernatural started. Uh, she's also in Veronica Mars. Cool. 
All right. Uh, now we will take a break. When we come back, mm -hmm. we will talk about episode two. Clown time. <laughs> time for clown. Loves a Clown, written by John Jabon. Uh, Medford, Wisconsin. We see a carnival. There's a little girl whose dialogue is really bad for her age. And oh, yeah. She, she waves to a clown who is suddenly not there when her parents look. Then they pass the clown again on the road on the way home. And then it shows up at their house that night. And she lets him in. And title sequence. Cut to the boys. Uh, when asked by Sam. Sam asks. Uh, Dean says that John did not tell him anything, so he is lying to Sam and keeping whatever it was from him, which we just still don't know what it is, so we are in Sam's boat. Then we skip to a week later, and they're at Bobby's. Dean is still fixing up his car. Sam checks in on him, and Dean resists it. Uh, he does not want to have this conversation about his feelings, because he is Dean Winchester. Sam has John's voicemail. He finds a message from four months ago from someone named Ellen saying she can help. So they go uh, find his, her address and go to Roadhouse Saloon uh, in a minivan they borrowed from Bobby, which Dean hates. Uh, <laughs> the Roadhouse is very good. I love it. It's we so good. see more of it. It's very good. Uh, they go in. There's a man asleep on a pool table. He has a mullet. His name is Ash. This is not going to be confusing at all. Ash, would you like to give your, your disclaimer now? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Um... I would like to just make it very, very public and abundantly clear. I did not name myself after Ash Supernatural. It would have been an honor to. I look up to him. I admire him. I would marry him. But I did not. I am not an Ash Supernatural Kinney. Totally unrelated. I, I looked up Ash. I was like, does Ash have a last name? No. He does not. It no. would make it way easier for us if he did. But uh, yeah, Ash is, Ash is very good. Both yeah. both my dear friend Ash and also this character named Ash. Ash is the best character, and I am the best bean. <laughs> so for the rest of this episode, hopefully we will avoid confusion. When in doubt, we're probably <laughs> talking about the character. Anyway, Ash is asleep on a pool table. Then we meet uh, Joe and her mother, Ellen. Joe is a young blonde woman. Ellen is uh, about John's age. And they pull their guns on the boys. It's very good. They have a nice moment very girl boss and then ellen recognizes them and says that hunters passed through the, the saloon and realizes that john wouldn't have and therefore didn't send them and sam tells her that he died uh, from the demon and ellen you know expresses condolences and says that she knows how close dean and john were which is interesting um and then ash apparently can help them with this demon hunting business and so dean is dismissive of that because he looks like quote a leonard skinner roadie and uh there's a lot of tension between dean and ash that we will address uh -huh. <laughs> but anyway ash is impressed by john's work which is the first sign we have that john is like a competent hunter apparently uh he's like nobody could track a demon like this uh, and he says that it will take him 51 hours to do the work that they want from him which is nice i always like a very specific deadline <laughs> Joe has this weird little flirty moment with Dean, and Sam spots the case from the cold open. Dean and Joe talk, and they establish that Joe is a Dean mirror because she also lost her father to hunting. And Dean does not hit on her, and it is unusual. Uh, 
Um, Sam takes the case. This is so how we know he's really depressed. Yeah. He's, he's grieving because he's not getting women. Uh, Sam takes the case. So in the car, they discuss the Cooper carnivals and how there's a killer clown that has attacked multiple times um, in different places, which is unusual because normally a haunting would stay in one location. So they suggest it might be a cursed object. Sam is established to have a fear of clowns, which is very good. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, I don't have more to say on it's that. It's a good equalizer to Dean's fear of flying. Yeah, yeah. they they have They're a little both scared back and forth things. about that that I will discuss when we get mm-hmm. to the discussion. And Sam says something about how doing this is what Dad would have wanted, which Dean reacts poorly to. And we will see again. There is a child, a little boy, and his dad are in the funhouse. And the dad says that the child sees a clown that the dad did not see. And the dad says, don't be scared. Clowns are your friends. And so that night, Evan says over his bed, Mm. you were right. He is my friend. He's like holding the clown's hand. The dad screams. The clown's so scary in this episode. (laughs) He's a very scary Mm -hmm. clown. I'm not like afraid of clowns, but this is a scary clown. It's very good. Mm-hmm. The shot in the cold open where the little girl looks out the window and the clown is like on the front lawn, like waving at her. It's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like my biggest fear is looking out the window and seeing something like that. <laughs> I don't care if it's a clown or a horse or a demon. If there's something outside my window, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, after that, we have Dean and Sam try to get work at the carnival so they can blend in by having cute little uniforms. Uh, Dean accidentally microaggresses a couple of people. Um, there's a blind man throwing knives, and yeah, he makes uh-huh. a, a poorly phrased comment, and then uh, another poorly phrased comment to a man with dwarfism. It's a bad scene. I don't like it. Then they have an interview with good. Cooper, who looks suspiciously like his father, who used to run this place. Uh, there's a weird ableist comment we will discuss. Then Cooper tells them that they should go back to school, and Sam says that he doesn't want to do that. And uh, afterwards, Dean brings that up, and he says it's because of John, and Dean decides not to press. Um, Sam is poking around in his cute little carnival uniform, and he finds a skeleton in the funhouse, which gives him an idea. Um, And so he talks to Dean about it on the phone, and Papagian, the blind man with the knives interrogates Dean about this conversation that he overheard and Dean says that they're writing a book he and his brother and we have again a little girl sees another clown uh, this is a black girl and her parents and she invites the clown into the house and Dean and Sam saw her at the carnival so they are waiting for the clown they shoot it with rock salt but it hits something solid so it's not a spirit and then they get chased out by the parents they talk about John again while they're uh, on the road or walking. Oh, I, th- I think this is where they ditched the minivan. And so now they're walking and talk about John. And then Sam says that Ellen says that this thing is probably a Rakshaka, which I hope Wyatt is going to talk about. Uh, it uh-huh. can be visible and it eats human flesh or something. And so it can be killed by a dagger of pure brass. So Dean goes to the knife thrower. The knife throwing blind man, Papazian, is the clown. And so they end up getting chased around a funhouse. Sam improvises using a pipe from the organ to use as the brass blade, which is good. And then Dean uh, pulls a lever to, like, increase the steam so that they can see it even though it's invisible, which is also good. And so they stab him. Uh, Joe and Dean have another not-now moment where he doesn't hit on her. And then Ash shows them that he has set up a demon detector so that they can be alerted when the plot is going to advance. And uh-huh. Dean talks to Sam for a little bit about 
you know, how he's not doing well emotionally, and then he smashes up his car some more. That's the episode. It's very sad. They did not drive off into the sunset because Zine's car is smashed up because he's sad. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. I've been waiting for this scene since y'all talked to me about it uh, in, I think, episode one. Yeah, really early. Oh, probably. Uh, Apparently the opening fucks really hard. (laughs) <laughs> There's That's like what a, I wrote down. My first note uh, yeah, is actually the song that is the good, first yeah. little girl has like a really cute little crab pillowcase, which mm. is completely irrelevant. It's just cute. I like that detail. Uh, there's a very cool ceiling shadow shot. And then the, it's just like she doesn't have any concept of stranger danger at all. She's like, oh, look, no, I know. I should let this person into my house at night. Uh huh. Yeah, like, I if don't she care was how two, much I would understand. Likes. Like, look, mom, a clown. You missed it. Like, Mm. John Shabon, you are good at writing many things. Children is not one of them. Yeah, like, I don't care how much a kid likes clowns. Like, like this is supposed to be, like, probably <gasps> 10 to 12-year-old child. Mm-hmm. I don't think that yep. she would just open the door for a random uh-huh. clown who appeared in her yard at night, but whatever. Like, yeah, you could suggest, wondering... like, maybe it's, like, supernatural compulsion, the yeah, way Lucas went to play with, um... Peter in one three dead in the water, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Like there's no indication except that all the children let them in. Yeah. And I mean Evan doesn't like clowns, he's frightened of them, and then like later on he's real buddy buddy with the clown. So that's kind of how that reads to me, but again, that's not text at all. So it just kind of reads as these kids being really stupid and poorly written. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped something in my synopsis. Um, the line where John, where Dean says that John didn't tell them anything, is at the funeral where they are burning John's body on a hunter's pyre, and Sam mm-hmm. is crying, which is like a rare occasion of Jared actually acting at a funeral, which is hilarious. And Dean has his single man content. tear, of course. Yep, I did write the single man tear. Um, I love how the cold open starts with a clown murdering people, and then it cuts to this really serious cremation funeral scene. (laughs) It's such a juxtaposition. It felt like there were two fucking episodes in this episode. Right? (laughs) What a bad good episode. (laughs) Because everything to do... I I need to talk about the Rakshasa just right now, please. Because you were talking (laughs) about the magical compulsion thing. So, I didn't have, like, a lot of time... Okay. First and foremost, front and center, uh, Rakshasa are one of the things, um, not, not quite on the level of, maybe on the level of Wendigo, I don't know. They've been ruined by D&D, basically. If you look up Rakshasa, it's almost entirely D&D shit, uh, which is deeply annoying to me. Uh, Rakshasa are, like, a complicated, like, complex, uh, like, being in, uh, like, Hindu mythology. There's, like, lots of different versions of them they mean different things depending on the era um hinduism's been around for a really long time and so like a creature like a rakshasa has lots of different iterations of it um most famously like most broadly they are known for eating people uh and also being able to transform themselves which it mentions that this is a rakshasa dressing up as a clown Instead of it like, says appear I, I in human know. form, and there's a cool like transmogrification scene when yes, it's revealed that but it's him. But it's a Rakshasa dr- appearing in human form and then dressing up as a clown and not just <laughs> yeah. making itself look like a clown, which 
is weird to me. It's very um, funny. But, okay. So, Rakshasa are often known for appearing in a guise that is most, like, effective toward the people that they're trying to trick. Um, but I don't think they have any sort of, like, magical compulsion. Like, that is a thing that they're known for, but it's just because, like, they're good at being charismatic and, like... Tur- f- turning into fancy people who will be listened to and that sort yeah, of Dean thing. Yeah, Dean says they can't be, they can't enter a house unless they're invited in. So yeah, which is not true. To, like, which is that's vampire lore. That's not, that's not true about Rakshasas, though. <laughs> Rakshasa, though. It's just very dumb. It's very dumb that the kids, like, I see it if you're writing a Rakshasa and being like, oh, this is the thing they're known for, is, like, being able to convince people to do things uh, due to their powers of transformation. But unless these kids just really love clowns, I don't think it works. And have no concept of personal safety or stranger danger, which in the early 2000s seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, Also, the booking in this is just bad. Uh, the brothers defeat this Rakshasa so fucking easily. Without, yeah, they find out wh- what it is really easily. Ellen just gives them the answer. Yeah, this there's is... a lot of things that have to happen in this episode because we are yeah. dealing with their emotional um, journey and we're introducing new characters and trying to keep that plot moving along and we're doing a Monster of the Week. So, like, it's a lot of juggling. Yeah. Especially the Monster tonally. of the Week. Yeah. Hot um... pun. <laughs> Yeah, Rakshasa, whenever they show up, like, in mythology, generally are very scary. Uh, And the boys, like, didn't even bring a brass weapon. They did on-site procurement. They had no plan. They just walked in there. IMO, the Rakshasa should have fucking murdered them. (laughs) As little as they planned and prepared. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, how did they know that the pipes on the organ were real brass? That was literally just like, hey, maybe. Yeah. Kind of like uh-huh. um, Route 666, where Sam is like, oh, I thought it was worth a try. <laughs> Classic Sam so to just be so like, lucky. I You're might die, so... but I could try it. Yep. You're so lucky you guys are the main characters. Um. Okay, from the top, the speaking of yes. the pyre, uh, how'd they get the body to burn it on a pyre out in the middle of nowhere? Did they steal it from the morgue? <laughs> oh, almost certainly. <laughs> what? You think the boys can't do grave robbing? That is probably what they. I mean, okay. A, if grave robbing implies that yeah, they, had they had already gro- been John buried. buried and a funeral, and then they dug him <laughs> okay, up to more grabbing. What do you want from me? More grabbing. Why can't they just have the the hospital people cremate him? Like I know it's supposed to be a funerary thing, but the whole like reason they cremate hunters is so they can't become ghosts. Same as like, salt and burning. Worst then. worst comes to worst. Like you can just be like, yeah, just cremate him. And it's fine. Yeah, it's it was very silly, um, very very like Lord of the Rings or you any can't sort of dramatically thing, cry but... over yeah. like a Viking urn that's been professionally type. done. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's ritual. Um, also, I think this is the first episode with makeup continuity. I'm not sure that with because you know how previously they've been wounded and then the next episode they're fine. This episode oh. their wounds stuck around. Yeah, and mm. they're still a little bit banged up, which is good because, like, yeah. emotionally, they're still banged up. Yep. Yeah. Also, they were in a fucking car accident. Yeah, which is part of what I mentioned earlier about um, 
there being more continuity episode to episode here. You don't mm-hmm. have to like previously when they got scratched up by the Devas, it's like, well, they didn't watch the previous episode. We don't want the audience to be confused about why they got scratch marks on their faces. But now mm-hmm. they're like, no, people are invested. People know what's going on. The, our boys are still going to be beat up. Mm-hmm. We're going directly into the next episode, assuming you know what happened. I mean, yeah. they all have the recaps also, but you know, still. It's being less episodic, which is cool to me. After the funeral scene, my notes for a while devolve into names in all caps with hearts next to them, and I love you so much. Yes. Uh, in all caps. Yeah, it's so sad. Uh, it, so except good. for when when they break into the roadhouse, I love how they're like, yeah, this was this was Dad's friend who seems to be a hunter or at least aware of that stuff we should go talk to her and then they break into they break her into fucking her bar yeah i know why just not well, the bar it's, just it's walk in so, it's so it's so dean and joe could be badasses to each other yeah. like dean's like don't don't hold the gun so close to my back it spins around and grabs it from her and then she just like punches him and takes it back it's well, don't forget, I first he Joe. says, oh God, please let that be a rifle, when she presses it into his back. Yes, he does say that. And she says, say no, that. I'm just real happy she to says, see no, you. I'm just ha- yeah. <sighs> um, also, Ellen's very good. Uh, however, Ellen. I do hate that the first uh, hunter we meet, who's a woman, got into it because of her husband. That's true. Mm. Well, we've, we've talked about how hunting is like this super masculine thing yep. in the Manly Man show. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the men, they And so the the woman hunter has to have gotten in via the man. We do get that <sighs> unpacked later. Or not unpacked. That's good. But, um, subverted a little bit, I guess. That's I'm cool. trying to be vague. Yeah. We play with it a little bit. Wow. Uh, Ellen says that John was like family once, whereas John never mentioned her in the journal. Uh-huh. Like, not to the boys, not in the journal, nothing. Mm-hmm. John Winchester yeah, loaded history to destroy there. every relationship. Mm-hmm. Ellen, I mentioned this in my synopsis, but Ellen somehow knows how close Dean and John were, which implies that since Dean has never met Ellen before, that John has spoken about Dean in a way yeah. that implies that they're close. Yep. Isn't doesn't one of them ask if like Ellen and John were a thing at some point? They 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 theorize it. They theorize it. it. They speculate it to each other, right? Yeah. Um. I don't think that's canon. All right. But it's not necessarily it's like, it's not, not canon. Not canon. Yeah. It's a blank space. Uh, yeah. I'm sure but fan it's also writers a very prequel. Well, yeah, it's also, also a very weird blank space considering stuff we find out later on. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then Ash shows up and we love him. He's great. He's great. He's, He's so literally good. asleep on a pool table. Uh, I love characters who are like, Dean's yeah, like, no, he is. No he way. is a genius. He is. A genius. No, he's it's literally so He went to MIT. And also yeah. later when he says that, Sam's <laughs> yeah. like, MIT? And he goes, it's a school in Boston. <laughs> it's fucking, so good. I love him so much. I love how he also got kicked out of MIT for fighting. For fighting. He's so good. I was like, I wrote down, I, like, I love our boys, but I would love a show about these guys. Mm-hmm, Ash yeah. is such a compelling character. There's clearly so much going on with him. Um... Yeah, similar to Bobby, like, he introduces a character, yes. and then, like, immediately you get a sense of, like, who they are as a person, which is really good. Mm-hmm. They're a bit character, but they're just, like, really good that you are automatically infatuated, just like with the Ghost Facers. Yeah. And the show makes it very clear that Dean is not flirting with him when he says, I like your mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's yeah. being sarcastic. He's making fun of him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Where Ash we says, I like jokes. you, and Dean says, thanks. And my notes say, okay, gay ass. <laughs> okay, gay ass. Um, yeah, we were talking before the show, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about how um, Dean has he is, has to wrestle with his simultaneous gender envy, attraction, and repulsion to Ash. Uh-huh. Because Ash is not uh, what one might say conventionally attractive. He has a mullet. He's got a flannel on with attractive. sleeves ripped off. But also, he just has immaculate energy. Yeah. So, like, I think Dean is trying to figure out what to do with that. It's so <laughs> and good. that's why he's just, like, being so weird. He's like, I should make fun of this guy because he's not cool. But also, he is cool. He but is why? cool. Dean's trying to figure out why this guy is so fucking cool. It's because he's Ash. It's because he is, like, he did, it's because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, truly. Love he's me. like, whatever, man. Fuck. Yeah. I love how he just responds so earnestly. Business up front. Yeah. And then he flips his hair. Party, party in, in the, the back. back. <laughs> Fucking incredible king. Um, he knows. He knows it's not the 80s anymore and he's still rocking a mullet. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And it works for um, him. What, what's our hard out? Because I want to talk about this live journal community. Uh, I got like half an hour. Okay, I'll go really, really fast. Can I go really, really fast? I want to talk about this live journal community. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, while we're on the subject of Ash, um, I went, I googled him, because I wanted to know if he had a last name, because I wanted to know if he was a Harville, uh, if he was related to Joe and Ellen. Mm. Um, he's not, uh, uh, at least not canonically. Um, but I did stumble upon a live journal community from circa 2009, and I want to state this at the top, I am not making fun of anybody, I think it's actually incredible, um, but it's a whole live journal community full of people who are, for lack of a better word, simps for uh, Ash Supernatural. <laughs> and it also doubles as a crack ship thread for Ash and Andy, which is a character we'll meet in the next couple of episodes. Oh boy. Um, who never meet. I no, just want that to not. be real clear. Ash and Andy never meet. They would be um, so but good. I'm not even like saying as a couple, necessarily. Just like, what a power duo. Yeah, as a concept, it's really good. Um, there was also a video, uh, an AMV of Ash to Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. I will happily provide a link. Yeah. Um, it's that. incredible. It's immaculate. I miss 2009. Uh, <laughs> these people, there was a post about being very excited that uh, his mullet was being sold on eBay. What? Yeah. Did you guys not read? Did you guys not no, I didn't read have these time. posts I was making? I didn't have time. I, I figured you would talk about it. I figured you would talk about it on the podcast. He didn't I want to get spoiled lying. for episode nine of Word of God. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So that that's <laughs> something. In, that's an incredible subculture of the internet. I was not aware of. If you guys are still out there, more I've, power I to fucking, you. Yeah, I'm I fucking you. love you. Ash yeah. is bringing sexy back. He is. Oh God. Doctor Badass. Uh, while we're on the topic of Ash, in his second scene, so by the end of the episode, um, my notes say in all caps, let Ash say fuck, which I'm not sure what- Yes! I have the yeah. same <laughs> He goes, clouds, what the fuck? And then he gets interrupted. Oh, right, because he got, like, cut off. It yeah. was so good. Let Ash say fuck! Anyway, he says fuck. It was it was just censorship by the network. Anyway, um, then my notes <laughs> right after that say, gay little moment two, three, four. So, um... Gay little moment one was, of course, the yeah, haircut thing. Their hands like, almost like touch. Uh, he drinks from Dean's bottle. 
He does uh, do that. They have like this weird little tension where Dean reaches for his laptop and Ash looks at him and Dean pulls back. Yeah. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sub ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first, like, post, the first bullet point on the <laughs> sub exclamation point Dean Tumblr master post. Ash, you're killing me. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm going to have oh. to rewatch this episode specifically with a Dean Ash lens. Oh, my like, the, the weird little tension between Dean and Ash as opposed to the weird little not tension between Dean and Joe. Like, they did it's... kind of intend Joe to be a love interest. Uh... It's just like in this episode, he's too yeah. sad to be hitting on women. So they have a nice little moment of bonding over being sad about their dead fathers and him mentioning that he would have hit on her and her saying how hunters who come here always hit on her in like really sleazy ways. And he's like, what, bunch of scumbags? And she goes, not you. And he's like, ha because those were his exact plans. But he is sad, so he won't. Well, I, she also says not you in a, in a way that's like press X to doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, like, she notices that he was about to do it and then catches himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My notes also say that there is a Joe ass shot, and then immediately after that she is established is. as a Dean mirror. Like, the objectification of women yep. and Dean. <laughs> yep. Women and Dean. Oh, this, this show gives me the brain rot. <laughs> Evan, the child, uh, is playing a game on his... DS. He's playing Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. Okay. I recognize those sound effects fucking anywhere. Well, I wasn't sure if it, they were just using the stock sound effects. Well, but I mean, the fact we don't that he's see... Like, I mean, yeah. the Pac-Man sound effects are not stock sound effects. That's Pac-Man. I suppose that's true. I don't know. Did Pac-Man ever... I mean, yeah, there's a Pac-Man. There's so a Pac-Man yeah. game on the DS. I didn't. I didn't have a DS. So I there's know. like actually, it's it's a really good Pac-Man game. I played a lot. It doesn't it doesn't matter though. Um, yeah, the vibes between that kid and his dad are fucking rancid. It's great. His dad's like, yeah. please, his I took you to this. Like, I took you to the circus. All the way down. My notes yeah. say how to talk to short people. Like, oh, I'd be really scared <laughs> of this if I was your age. And the kids, it's like, literally yeah, just like those kids always be on their phones. Yeah. But because it's 2006, it's, it's those kids are on their DS. <laughs> Which, this is absolutely me sometimes when my parents took me places. Like, I don't give a shit what we're doing. I'm just going to play the Mario 64 remake on my DS. Mario. Sorry, I'm Canadian. Leave me alone. That's because you're autistic. No, that's... That's a I that's my West Coast accent. No, no, the the playing the DS. Oh, thing. got it. It's like, that's, I mean, I do I, Mar- I do pronounce Mario words wrong because I'm autistic, but not not like ah words. That's just my that's just Vancouver baby. Um, so so I I've decided that Evan is autistic for that reason. There's fair. a weird bit where the subtitles say that Sam says a line about the cops. Hold on, he says. Uh, check it out, five zero, and the subtitles credit it to Sam, even though it is clearly Dean. The transcript it, yeah, that's says Dean, Dean. That says that it was a weird it's moment. Dean that says that. Um, before we Sam leave the scene, Sam would never say five zero. Before we leave the scene, is this where the skeleton comes down? Yeah, when Sam's yeah. looking around. That's a the so house. that's a real skeleton. They find out later. How did no one notice that this was no, this was a real skeleton? How did no one not notice that? I don't understand. I mean, how, when you are in a fun house, when you're in Spirit Halloween. How close do you look no, 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 at the no. skeletons? I mean, the people there? that run the circus. Well, they probably don't know or don't care. Like the skeleton's just a prop; it's always been there. Well, How they have they to—they have to pull it back up. Bones feel like bones. 
yeah, maybe it's just real realistic. <sighs> Bruh, they don't they don't get paid very much. You think they care? <laughs> it's I, it's just very silly to me. I, I could know. find a bone in a fucking candle and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody else say the weird line that Sam says? I don't want to say it. Oh god, which one? <laughs> um Dean says something about how they had a little boy oh. with them. And Sam says... Fingering a clown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, who had fingered a clown, yeah. And, and Dean gives him Dean a Dean doesn't make a comment about it. Yeah. yeah, Dean just looks at him for a really long time in just, like, shock and awe and horror. And Sam's just kind of looking on, like... He goes, what? Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, like, he just... He doesn't even know what he said. Like an asexual-ass yeah. bitch. Uh-huh. Uh, to, to be clear... Fingered is a term that uh, historically means, like, point something out. Um, yeah, to point the but, finger, but he didn't say yeah. that, and it sounds bad. Yes, and is not, is, is the, the, the modern definition for that has changed somewhat. Somewhat! <laughs> Speaking of clowns, Dean makes Sam take the clown seat and is, does this horrible little smile. Oh, the clown seat! I love him. <laughs> the clown seat's incredible! Yeah, we skipped over the I line love how Sam like the, sits on the, the edge of it. When uh when we find out that Sam is afraid of clowns, Sam's like, Well, you're afraid of planes, and Dean goes, Planes crash and Sam goes, and apparently clowns kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um yeah, we gotta put the clown C in the description because yeah, it's, it's the really it's the most funny. incredible chair I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And Sam looks- is like to- he's <sighs> It looks like he's trying not to actually touch it. it like, it looks like he's half-standing. It's really- It looks like, so uncomfortable to sit on. Yeah, it's just like wood. It's just like a clown head that you gotta lean your head against, and it's all knobbly. Yeah. The knobbly clown Knobbly clown <laughs> Um. The knobbly fingering clown uh, Stop saying things and move on. Anyway, um... <laughs> Prior to, prior to this, there's some shitty ableism where yes. it's like the the guy, the the character the character who is blind and the character with dwarfism both do the most stereotypical like insulted thing. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like every able-bodied person's like grossest stereotype of mm-hmm. like disabled people getting upset when you talk about their disability jokes. The blind guy who do is the Rakshasa and is not actually blind, I guess, but you know, uh, in this scene. Yeah, when it's revealed um, that it's but, him, his eyes yeah. fog or whatever. Like he is yeah. apparently yeah. blind the whole time. The the boys are like, Have you seen this? And he's like, Seen. Uh, and then the character with dwarfism comes in and they mention something about little, and he's like, Oh, little, and it's I just wrote down, Shut the fuck up, supernatural. <laughs> It's yeah, bad. and Dean's like, hey, Sam, help me out here. And Sam just kind of, like, laughs. Oh, yeah, it's like, it sucks. Um, it's really, b- yeah, it's really it's bad. It's really bad. Um, th- Speaking of ableism, the next scene also. <sighs> oh, the freak yeah. show? Yeah. Where In Mr. general, yeah. this whole episode yeah. is not very sensitive towards nope. um, people with disabilities, people with uh, bodily deformations, people who just have Physical differing bodies. Yeah. 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 Mr. Cooper's dad ran a freak show till they outlawed them most places. 
this is quoting from him, apparently displaying the deformed isn't dignified, so most of the performers went from honest work to rotting in hospitals and asylums. That's progress, I guess. You see, this mm, place yes. is a refuge for honest outcasts, work. always has been, etc., etc., and then you two should go find a couple girls, have 2.5 kids, live regular. So lots of to unpack there. We've got some, you know, extremely yeah. allonormative, heteronormative. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. there, there was it's, a lot there. Like, it, the, the way it presents, like, hospitals show. and asylums as, like, antagonistic to disabled and physically different people is... That part has a point, but the rest of it is, yeah. like, yeah. outlawing freak well, shows... And, like, sarcastically being called progress is bad but like this guy is yeah. is presented as like a shitty person but it's still like a mm, yeah. uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. yeah like it and i don't know very much about the history of freak shows um from what little i have heard usually in the context of uh colonialism um it's on the one hand yeah sometimes these people are paid for being you know public mockery uh and other times they are just you know kidnapped people from other places or people who uh are mentally disabled and can't stand up for themselves or their rights or things like that so it's way too nuanced and not even in necessarily a good way but like it just flattens this whole not only the history of like it it's weird that it calls out how shitty asylums uh-huh. are while also being like, yeah, freak shows were the good alternative. Yep. They're literally called freak shows. It's very the like, history freak is not a great word. Yeah. Yeah. The history of circuses and circuses as like a refuge for outcasts, like, is genuinely very interesting. Mm-hmm. The, ver- like it's a complicated thing and mm-hmm. is very interesting and nuanced as said. Uh, and this episode doesn't really do a good job with that. No. <laughs> it's mostly it just totally using it as set, dress- it. set dressing. Yeah, um, and as a joke. And actually, speaking of which, um, the Bunker Brothers reference, did either of you two catch that? I, yeah. Uh, I don't know when anything's well, referenced. They, I just that assume the... that names make sense. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, well, I know the Bunker Brothers was a, a real circus line, wasn't it? Um... Okay, so Chang and Eng Bunker uh, are where the term Siamese twins come from. Um, oh. Chang and Eng uh, Bunker were two, were, uh, I mean, an uh, extremely uh, famous pair of conjoined twins in the uh, 1800s um, who, like, d- did, like, a bunch of stuff, like, did do, I'm fairly sure, like, quote-unquote, like, freak show stuff, uh, but... They got extremely famous. Um, they did like I don't. We don't have time to talk about like their entire history. Also, they like owned slaves and shit. Like they, you know, it's it's history, baby. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, very two very interesting people, anyway, as like people who existed. And it seemed like kind of weird to me that Bunker was like name dropped here just as a circus name for where like a clown massacre happened, and then it kept going. It's like they had to that had to have been what they're referencing, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was strange to me that that's how they did it. Yeah, it's very it's weird. Yeah, because it's Bunker Brothers that he says, right? Mm-hmm. That's the Yeah. Yeah. And those are the Bunker Brothers. Yeah. Uh, can we move on? Yeah. From, from, yeah. Um, I think, first of all, both Dean and Sam are very fucked up and they both need to go to therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But the fact that Dean doesn't understand why Sam is all of a sudden, like, considering what John would want is insane to me and just proves mm. that Dean doesn't know how to, like, mourn people like a normal person. Because, like, that's a really, from what I understand, like, that's a really average response to losing a loved one. Yeah, when the... Especially if you if you disagreed with them when they were alive. When the circus runner is like, you guys should go be normal, like, Sam... It's very clearly like we don't want we don't want that we don't want to be normal and we've talked about Sam and like his relationship to mm -hmm. being a quote unquote freak a lot before, mm -hmm. um, and like Sam's changing opinion. Sam and Dean are rapidly reversing uh, mm -hmm. their opinions on John, which is really interesting. And I still want to know what John said to Dean. I'm sure I'll learn eventually, but <laughs> deeply curious. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've seen this in real life to people I I'm not like close to, but like to real people that I know, you know. Um, like that's just I think that's a very natural response and it's one that's covered in fiction an awful lot. Uh, but in this way, I think it's it's like played more realistically than it is normally and then the fact that Dean like can't fathom why Sam only cares about what John wants now that he's dead mm -hmm. because in, in Dean's eyes it doesn't matter because John's dead and all he can do to like mourn John's memory is like torture himself about it like that's how Dean is trying to process it yeah. is like because yeah. he obviously feels responsible for John's death um because John made the deal for uh Dean's life yeah. and so like I mentioned earlier, like Dean now feels like he his life isn't his own. Yeah, at the start of this episode when Dean is working on the car and Sam tries to, you know, poke him out of his car fixing slump. Uh, Dean goes on a little rant about how they they don't have anything. There's nothing for them to do. They don't know how to do anything. They don't have the cult. They don't mm -hmm. know how to find the demon, anything like that. We've got nothing, Sam. Nothing, okay? So you know the only thing I can do is I can work on the car. So, like, yeah. channeling. Dean and into, helplessness. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to be productive, and this is all he is able to do. So he is going to fix the car, because that is a task he can complete. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, um, while, while I'm back here with the car being broken, when he's driving the, the minivan, he says he feels like a friggin' soccer mom. Very cute. Love that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's hilarious. Also, that's the worst car ever to take on a stakeout. It's so noisy and, like, rusty and nasty. But it's, it's the so only good. one Bobby could give them. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's the only working car he has. Yeah. Um, the, when the Rakshasa... Uh, reveals himself and his face like his brow gets all furrowed and then yeah and he fades yeah, and his eyes are the last thing we see it's, it's really, really good i yes. like the They're the glowing. effects aren't particularly high quality but i just the, i think it's so good the way good. his face his contorts and then he fades out it's so Again, good fucking rakshasa should like, be a more like threatening the Grinch, enemy. okay like his whole face like mm -hmm. he's not just like yeah. making an evil yeah. face. he looks like an evil emoji face like with the little yes. eyebrows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, his face literally contorts like a cartoon character. And his eyes turn into, like, cat's eyes. It's real. I it's don't know if it's cat's spooky. eyes, but, like... They, like, are slitted yeah. eyes, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and then the last thing I have is for the last scene in this episode, which I'm sure we will speak of soon. Um, I have a note that Ellen says your dad would be proud and Sam is the one who says thanks. Just interesting little note there. Sam is again trying to live up to what John would want, and Dean is being quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. 
Well, we already talked about how Dean is like, suddenly, you're so obedient. And Sam mm-hmm. says, why are you saying this to me? About it being too little, too late. And Dean says, because I want you to be honest with yourself about this. I'm dealing with Dad's death, are you? And Sam goes to call Ellen instead of continuing the conversation. Dean, you are not dealing with Dad's death. <laughs> Neither of you is doing a good job of dealing with your no. Dad's death. No. No. <sighs> okay, on that note, um, do we want to get jump to the end scene? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to go into a little bit more detail... Uh, Sam comes and has a really emotional moment with Dean and tells him that he's not okay, that he's real messed up. Uh, Dean kind of, like, takes it all with, you know, he doesn't really respond. And then as soon as Sam's gone, Dean takes a crowbar and starts, like, going Smashes the shit out of it. Yeah, he smashes the back windshield. He puts a fucking hole in the trunk. Like, he is just going insane at it it's a really really like and he's like grunting and like physicality yes it's really really good um and we've talked about uh the impala being an extension of dean um extensively so clearly this is dean smashing the impala as uh, a method of self-harm yeah essentially um and also because he's pissed off and he doesn't know how to channel his anger in any way besides violence, but and him like this deciding is to his smash the one project, task, right? His his outlet, yeah. his yeah. productivity. That's the only thing he can actively do. Actively self sabotaging in his yeah. grief and frustration. Yeah, it's it's really melodramatic, but it's also really good. It's it's very much genre though. Yes. Like this is kind of what Dean yes, does. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's like uh, you know the the high schooler who punches his hand through a wall, but make it yes. much much deeper and much sadder. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. It's it's very good. The Impala also being a gift from John uh, to yeah. is, a, is a thing here. Yes. Uh, the Impala is so so much in this show. Yeah. Are we ready for actor facts? Yeah, anyone I just want to hold on say? one second. I just want to like call attention to the specific wording of Sam's little apology, where he says that he's sorry the last time he was with him and tried to pick a fight, um, and that he spent most of his life angry at John. I mean, for all I know, he died thinking that I hate him, which is very sad. Um, and he specifically uses the phrase "guilty as hell," which is very big for the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use the emotion words. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your feelings, Dean? No. No. I'm sad. I know to Sam. <laughs> I know Sam. I'm cry. Okay. okay. After facts. All right. So there's a lot of characters in this, um, and there's a lot of interesting shit here. Uh, so first and foremost, I don't know if like, I don't know if like some of these actors came as a set or something, but a bunch of them have worked <laughs> together. Like I don't know, part maybe part of the same casting agency, uh, but the uh dad of the unnamed black girl by the way only kid who's unnamed the other two both have names plays uh one of the primary characters of the anime black lagoon uh dutch uh who teenage me uh thought he was a very cool character i don't know uh japan isn't always the best uh, with black characters so i don't know how i don't want to like praise this character in my memory but i remember him being cool uh and i remember the voice actor doing a very good job uh, so there he is. Also from Black Lagoon is the guy who played Barry, who plays Bao in Black Lagoon. Uh, also, they he was on the same 
show as a uh, different actor, as the guy uh, who played the um, shitty, uh, the guy who ran the circus, uh, Cooper, uh, Ken Kramer. They, yeah, they were both on uh, Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales together. Uh, and in general, um, a bunch of people in here, like, all do, all did, slash still do, like, a lot of voice acting work. I don't know, I just thought, like, all those little connections between the, act- like, these actors is very neat to me. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, uh, the little girl in the cold open, Nora, uh, Nicole Munoz, I think is how you say the last name, uh, is Christy in Defiance and Jack in Van Helsing. Uh, so goes from Supernatural to being in other uh, low-budget science fiction shows. Incredible. Good for her. Uh, and then there's Quinn Lord, who's the little kid playing on the DS, is Thomas Smith in uh, Man in the High Castle. Uh, I think all the child actors in Supernatural are always the most fun people to look up, because as mm-hmm. we saw, one of them goes on to be Han Solo. It's just like, Literally. child actors often get their starts as like bit roles and stuff like this, uh, and so mm-hmm. often I find fun things and I look them up. Uh, Chad Lindbergh, who plays our beloved Ash, uh, is in Fast and the Furious, uh, plays Jesse in Fast and the Furious, who's a mechanic. Is Jesse a redneck um, in Fast and Furious? Oh, I don't know. It's been so long since I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie. He died. See, I'm too he, gay for spoilers, Fast and the Furious. Spoilers for Fast and the Furious. Oh, Ash, we need to watch fucking Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious is the most like found family bullshit in the world. You'd oh, love fuck. Fast and the Furious. Oh, we fuck. gotta watch Fast and the Furious. Okay, <laughs> catch us in our Fast and the podcast, Furious podcast. Come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jesse. Spoilers for Fast and the Furious. Jesse dies in that movie. Um, but uh, I remember him being a fun character and like a like cool mechanic guy. That's that's it. It's that movie's old. That movie. Yeah. Um, anyway. Joe uh, is played by Alona Tall, who has also been in a bunch of stuff. Um, She's Jewish. Yeah. Uh, was a member of the uh, IDF. I looked her up and was like, is she, is she, o- is she okay? Uh, and yes, apparently. I was like, I was looking through her Twitter, seeing her opinions on the Israel-Palestine conflict. And yeah, she seems okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff also, um, most famously Meg Manning and Veronica Mars. Uh, so that's a, that would be a can't like her appearance in here would be noted at the time since Veronica Mars had just finished airing. Um, she's also Rebecca King and Kane. And finally, uh, Samantha Ferris, who is um, Ellen. Uh, also has been in loads of things, uh, but very funny to me, plays Sally Poe in Gundam Wing. <laughs> done a bunch of voice acting work among other things is in a lot of like police procedurals yeah lots of characters in this episode uh lots of fun people who have been in interesting things and done interesting things i've been sitting on this debating whether or not to bring it up but, oh yeah uh, samantha ferris and chad lindbergh are the ones responsible for the t- twitter destiel wedding oh my god uh, fiasco <laughs> So, for anyone who is not terminally plugged in <laughs> since November 5th, um, in February, or I guess before February, um, Chad Lindbergh and Samantha Ferris started tweeting interesting things and hinting, well, this was post-finale, right? So, uh, for Valentine's Day of 2021, which just happened at the time of this recording. I mean, like, 
quote unquote just. We're at the end of the year. Shush. Um, <laughs> that was eight but, months ago. Post finale. Hey guys, can you finish the podcast without me? Because I'm going to be late for yes. work. Go to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss my mm-hmm. explanation. You'll hear uh, it when you're I'm going to edit it's the fine. podcast. I'm going to hear it. Yeah. Okay, go to work, Wyatt. Okay. Goodbye. I'm sorry I can't react live to this. It's okay. You can edit in your reaction. <laughs> Record yourself while you listen. All right. I'm off. So post-finale, the fandom kind of blew up for reasons. For Destiel reasons, really. I don't have to be vague here. And Chad and Samantha started tweeting interesting things about, like, in-character implying that there would be an event in the Roadhouse on Valentine's Day, and everyone was very excited to potentially have a Destiel wedding role-played by actual cast. It was very strange. It was a weird time in everyone's lives. And then they didn't do that. (laughs) It was... Like, they raised all that attention and allowed everyone to think because they specifically said the word wedding. And then uh, they were just doing, I don't know, like, some promotional thing. I don't remember the details. I I must say, it takes some fucking cojones to queerbait the Supernatural fandom months after November 5th. The show was over for months and we still got queerbaited. It was insane. It's literally insane. This is the show that keeps on taking. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't have, I can't find my receipts, but I will try to post them if and when I find them. And, um, anyway, so the, there was no Twitter Destiel wedding, or at least not an officially sanctioned one. And then when fans were upset about that, Samantha, I don't remember Chad's reaction. I know Samantha reacted pretty poorly to the fact that people would be upset with her for this. Um. So, that's another actor fact for you guys. In February of 2021, for a show that had ended November of 2020. Anyway, most show. So you've got some season 16 preview. (laughs) Okay, is that it? We do our outro. Yes, we're we're driving off into the sunset. Next time we'll be talking about 2-3 Bloodlust, where we get a new character and some more vampires, which I don't think is a spoiler. It's pretty clear from the title. Yes. And I don't know what the next ones are. Oh, also, this is season two, which means that Ben Enlund is officially part of the show. I don't Edlund. know if he comes up in the next three episodes, the next two episodes, but um, he is currently at this, uh, you know, for season two, he is an executive producer, I believe. And he will be writing some of the episodes, and I'm excited. Uh, episode four is Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Um, we got necromancy. Yeah, lots of cool things going on. I don't know if that's a spoiler episode. or not. Eh, it's fine. We can edit it if not. <laughs> yeah. If Wyatt deems it cool. a spoiler. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so join us for our episode 10. Remember to rate and review us on you know, iTunes and or your platform of choice. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Word of Godcast, or you can email us at wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Bye!
The music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share-alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description.